Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. As we're launching our Heart for the House series, I have three people this morning who have been a part of the house and carry a heart for the house for a long time, and they're going to bring a message to encourage you. So I want to invite Colton, Chelsea, and Serena. Come on up. You know what? I just want to commend all three of you guys because you you really do carry a heart for God's house. You love people. And you love what God loves. And so thank you. And, you know, people often ask, whoa, how do you pick people to stand up here? It's like, well, we pick people to stand up here that love people. Because <laughs> that's what the church is about. It's about gathering together as God's people. And so Chelsea is going to kick us off. Take a drink. You take as long as your drink is needed. And let's give her a hand. She is ready to roll. My name is Chelsea. Um, I have been coming to City Life for about 10 years or so. I, I didn't grow up going to church, so it's not like I have prior church experience. City Life has been my one and only church ever since I got saved. Um, and I didn't even get saved in church, actually. I had an encounter with God, and then about a year after that, I felt like he told me to go to church. So I picked City Life because my sister was coming here, and I was like, I'm going to go where I know somebody. Um, And I would say that I love church. I have had overall a very good experience with church. It's had a very positive impact in my life. Um, I've met a lot of really great people. I think that we're very blessed to have such good leaders here. They're very kind, considerate. They give opportunities like this, even though we don't always want them. Um, Just kidding, I'm glad. (laughs) I am thankful. Um, I've learned so much. Uh, I know that church has contributed to a lot of my spiritual growth. I, I was a very different person before I was saved, and God has used the church to I think, just grow my character even more. Um, And I've also made some of my best friends in church, which is, yeah, one of the highlights for sure. And even though I've had a lot of really great times, I've also gone through times where I've been tempted to be indifferent toward church. Like, you know, to have an attitude that church just doesn't matter that much in my life. Like, it doesn't have to be important to me. And I haven't only been tempted to have that attitude, like I have had that attitude. I have felt indifferent, but I have been tempted to stay in that attitude, to like remain there and just be like, I don't want church to be important in my life. Um, But what I want to share with you guys today is something that God started getting my attention on and talking to me about a couple of years ago, and it is how he refers to the church, how God himself relates to the church, because believe it or not, he does. He have He has views and feelings towards the church. Um, How it started, I think it's kind of funny. I don't know about you guys, do you ever have like where maybe God spoke to you or you had like an aha moment or something clicked? It's so much that you remember like where you were, like when it happened. I remember I was, and when I share it, you're going to be like, it's not that profound. But I still remember, I was like, I remember the road I was on. I remember it was a red light. I was like looking out the window. And uh, so I was listening to a sermon and the pastor was talking about how Jesus refers to the church as his bride. And I've heard that before. I'm sure a lot of us have heard that before, that Jesus calls the church his bride. But the pastor said, imagine saying to Jesus, oh man, I love you so much. Like, you're so important to me. I care about you, but 
I hate your wife. <laughs> and oh, yeah, right. I also, I was like, dang, I haven't thought about it that way. And I think God used that moment because it was so pinnacle for me. He used that moment to get my attention and have me to start thinking about what it means for me as a Jesus follower when I start to consider how God talks about the church and how he thinks about it, how he feels about it. Um, in Ephesians, I gave the crew a verse. In Ephesians 5, 31 to 32, it says, oh, yeah, there it is, okay. Um, As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And if you guys, it's very interesting. Like, if you look up biblical references of the church as the bride, there's a lot. And um, when I read verses like this and all the other ones where church is calling the bride, or calling the church, sorry, where Christ is calling the church his bride, or where he likens his commitment to the church and his love for the church like that of a husband to his wife, First of all, I can see that indifference is clearly not his heart toward church. His heart is very far from indifference. For him to relate to the church using the marriage relationship as comparison, it tells me that his church is very dear to him, and it's very important to him. And, like, no question, but God is very intentional with the words that he uses. Um, And it has made me wonder if the church means so much to Jesus— then what does that mean for me? If I claim that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, which I do, um, then there should be a reality in my life where I don't just say he is my Lord, but I'm actually submitting to his lordship. So Jesus has not only called me to believe in him, that's part of it for sure, belief is important, but he's also called me to follow him and to like do my best to model my life after him and to adopt his values as my own. And I think that includes his heart for church. There's also the personal relationship I have with Jesus that affects how I want to care about church because I feel like Jesus is my best friend, honestly. I feel like he is the best friend that I or anyone could ever ask for. Um, I, I really love the Lord. Oh, sorry. And I'm so thankful that he lets me know him. And I really value my relationship with him. And ever since he has gotten my attention on just how valuable and special the church is to him, it almost feels like unloving of me or maybe ungrateful to him if if I ignore something that he clearly cares so much about. And, you know, if church means so much to him, obviously indifference toward church, that can't be a path that I actually entertain taking. But even further than that, I think that he wants to refine the way that I love the church. Um, Because earlier I said, I love church, it's been great. But I think that he wants to develop a deeper kind of love for church in the heart of his people, like a more mature love, especially when you consider that he refers to it with, that he refers to it like marriage, that is a mature love. And if the church is the bride of Christ, I think it would be safe to assume that he sincerely cares about her, that he's invested in her well-being, and that he's committed to her, right? And I, I imagine that he would probably want to see that mirrored in my life as well and in the lives of all his people instead of us picking and choosing what we let be important to us. I think we, 
Unfortunately, we do tend to do the pick and choose thing, right? Like, we read the Bible and we're like, oh, that stood out to me, but that, I didn't feel anything with that, so I'm just like, ignore it. Um, oh, but I can keep going for a minute, right? Okay, thank you. Um, and I think, <laughs> she, she did tell me I could. Um, but yeah, I think we tend to do the pick and choose thing because opening our hands to God can seem scary. I will admit that. When we really open our hands to him, we don't know what that's going to ask of us. And when it comes to church, we might be especially prone to resist asking him what he wants of us because very likely maybe we've been hurt by people, maybe we've been burnt out in the past by church, or maybe we feel comfortable where we are and we don't want to change anything. Um, but he's really challenged me in this area ever since, yeah, starting to get my attention by asking me along the way when there is resistance, like, do I trust his character? Do I trust that he knows what is best? And I think it's something important for us to consider for anybody who calls Jesus their Lord, that if the church means so much to Jesus, then what does that mean for me? Because I can't imagine it means nothing. Um, and I think if and when we find ourselves in a place where we love the Lord, but we don't love the church, that instead of staying there, that's something that, that we can pray about and we can ask him to help us see it from his perspective and, and ask him why is it so important to him. And we can even ask him to help us love the church as well. So, yeah. Good morning. I am Serena, and if I haven't met you yet, I look forward to meeting you. Monica asked me to speak five days ago, and I was like, oh, this is tight, but I have learned that if Pastor Monica gives you an opportunity, you should say yes. So this morning, I'm going to focus on serving because that is one area that has is why I love the house so much. But I'm going to start off by being honest with you guys about where I was at, okay? So seven and a half years ago, when I started attending the church, I loved being an attendee, okay? I loved showing up, grab a coffee, see my people, enjoy the message and go home and have a great Sunday. Like, I loved it. There was nothing in me that wanted to serve at all. And then I had a person who's now a good friend and she came up to me, I think I had been attending between six to 12 months, and she said to me, hey, would you concerning consider joining the technical directing team because we need help and it's a great way to contribute to the church? And I was like, okay, I will join. Like, I, there was nothing in me that wanted to. And so I said yes, and I started serving. And can I just say that going from somebody who was an attendee to a contributing member of this church, my mind and my heart shifted from this is the church that I attend to now this is my church and this is my family. And that never could have happened had I remained an attendee. It never could have happened. I did not know that serving would actually become crucial to my life because it was the first, this was the first place where I properly learned what it means to take the focus off of myself and learn how to place focus onto other people. And Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look to only your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Oh man, there have been so many seasons in the last seven and a half years that have been hard, they've been depressing, overwhelming, sad, like you name it, and I know that we can all relate to that, but I think one thing that we can all really relate to is how consuming it feels. It's all we can focus on, right? And, but to my surprise, one of the most therapeutic remedies 
is actually serving. Because there's something about showing up and putting focus on something outside of yourselves that is healing. And as a society, we greatly underestimate the power in being able to intentionally focus on something outside of ourselves. We all know the people who love to talk about how terrible their week was or how hard work was or, you know, how hard this is because that's just society. That's the reality of the world that we live in. But the ironic thing is that in choosing to serve in the most challenging seasons, one of the beauties and rewards has been that I've been able to meet so many people and hear their stories, and they've been able to meet me and hear my story, and God has been able to use them to speak into my life in the areas and at the time that I needed most. And let me just make this very clear, that never could have fully happened if I hadn't started serving and remained, and if I had remained an attendee. Um, it, it, it comes full circle. I needed what I needed, I was able to find because God used people to do that. And Mark 10, 35 shows us that there are two options for people, okay? So the first option is we either seek to serve ourselves or we seek to live out being disciples and following Jesus. And if we seek to be disciples, then we would be seeking to be servants for him, right? So both cannot coexist. I want to make this very clear. You either serve yourself or you serve Christ. There is no in-between, and it's a sacrifice. Um, throughout the years, there have been so many seasons where my capacity for how much I serve has shifted, depending on where, we're at, where I'm at. So in some seasons, I've been able to serve more, and in some seasons, I've had less to give. But what I love about this house is that there's room for both. There's room for where you're at. And so I, I now understand um, what Jesus did for me. I understand the significance. And so in case you don't know, I'm just going to let you know that Jesus was about to be murdered for our sins, and he was being literally tortured along the way, and he still found ways to serve us. Like, he literally served us on his way to be murdered. And so now that I have this small-scale understanding of what he did for me, I say small scale because I don't think we can actually as humans fully grasp it in full. And so now that I have this small scale understanding, I now know that one of the smallest ways that I can help build his kingdom is by helping build his church. Okay. Right? Am I right? And so, yeah, if you're feeling like how I used to feel, which is, oh, I can't join a team because I have nothing to offer, I'm not good, I feel inadequate, I, I just want to rave on our team for a minute and say that we have some of the most gracious, love-filled people that will coach you where you're at, and you will never be made to feel like you can't be on a team because you don't have a certain skill set. We will. There is coaching. Like the team here is just amazing, and so you guys. If you are an attendee and you love coming to church to get your cup of coffee and see your people and enjoy the message and have a happy Sunday after, I want to, or honestly, if you are somebody who tends to be self-focused, which was exactly how I would have felt as well, or you seek comfort as your ultimate goal, I highly, highly encourage you to examine the why, like the root of it. Why? And I encourage you to ask God if he believes that you are walking out his intention and his purpose for how you build his church. And you might need to ask him for a revelation of the importance of under and, and, and understanding of what he did for you. Because 
Um, I think unless we, if we don't fully understand that, then the rest doesn't make sense. So ask him for revelation. Ask him if you're walking out the purpose, if you are walking out the purpose he has for you in building his church. And if he says, if he speaks to you, sign up. I will literally be at guest services after church because I'm serving. I'm serving on guest services today. And I would love to help you do a first serve, which means you don't have to commit to a team, but you can show up and you can see what it's about. And since I have 30 seconds, I'm just going to throw this out there. We need team. We actually desperately need team because we are growing. And you guys, the experience that we have had as attendees, we need to be able to provide that for new people that are coming in that don't know Jesus. And so it is actually selfish to remain as an attendee. And I think that you should talk to the Lord. And I can't wait to see you out there. And I don't know who you are, but I can't wait to see you out there. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to start it off. Scripture, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. And we understand the heart. We understand it in two different ways. We understand our physical heart. And we know what we need to do for that. We know that we need to exercise, eat right, keep our stress down as much as we can to take care of our physical heart. But to take care of our spiritual heart takes the same practices in different ways. We need to be devoted to God. We need to attend church. We need to be in community to attend those things, to take care of our spiritual heart as well. And we've heard some great word this morning. We've heard some great message on church. We've heard some great message on serving to develop our understanding with God. And for me, my greatest understanding with God came when I became a parent. We have a father in heaven, and I became a father. And I realized that the number one thing that I do as a parent is repeat myself. <laughs> you know, clean up your room, do your homework, don't stick your hockey stick up your brother's nose, that's not where it goes. And hundreds and hundreds of times I repeat myself in a parent in the same way our Heavenly Father repeats himself to us. You know, give praise, give thanks, fear not for I am with you, don't worry. And how many times do we, as his children, go, yes, God, I know. Yeah, I know, you said it, you said it, yeah, yeah, I got it, you know. But how many times do we hear it and not actually listen to what he's saying? And like a good parent, God has given us clear direction on what he wants us to do with our lives, and he gave it in the form of the two greatest commandments. From Matthew 22, 36 to 40. This is when one of the Pharisees was trying to test him. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, I talked in the verse bit about guarding our heart, about keeping it safe. And then that's not in a way of hiding it. That's not a way of keeping it only to ourselves and not showing it. Actually, the best way that we can guard our heart is to give it fully to our God. And that's what he wants. He wants us to fully give our hearts to him. And the best way to keep our spiritual heart safe is to be fully devoted and give it to him. And how many times, how many times do we do that? How many times have we heard that? To love your Lord, dear God, with all your heart. To love your neighbor as yourself. And how many times as his kids do we forget that? How many times do we forget to be devoted to him daily, every day? How many times do we forget to love our neighbor in this day and age where we can talk to everyone at any time and argue about anything? And how we don't agree to love our neighbor. And the best way to love our neighbor isn't by being nice, isn't by giving gifts. Those are great and important things. But the best way 
that we can truly love our neighbor is to tell them that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them, and that he did everything for them. And that's what it means, actually, to be the church, like Chelsea talked about, to be the church. The church isn't a place that we come to and hang out. It is, but to be the church, to be the body of Christ to others starts in here, but it goes out there. It goes into the streets to tell everyone that Jesus is amazing. But how often, as his children, do we forget that? Because it starts in one place. It starts in our hearts. And that's what he wants. It starts with our hearts. God wants us to have a deep relationship with him, to be devoted to him. And the thing about a relationship is you can't do it on an hour every Sunday. You can't just show up and just like, that's it. That's my relationship. I'm just going to go forward. No, to be fully devoted to be in a relationship with someone is going about it every single day, every single moment to be a relationship, to love God with all your heart because that's what he wants. And that's, that's what we want as a church. We talk about that all the time. We talk about being with Jesus daily, being devoted to him, praying, reading our word, coming to church, serving like Serena put, being with him. And when we be with Jesus, we can become more and more like him. You can't become like someone if you don't spend time with him. We need to be with him constantly to become more like him. And when we can finally become like Jesus, that's when we can carry our mission of Jesus to the world. And the mission that God stated to us, to be the church, to go out. Once we be with Jesus, once we become more and more like Jesus, we can carry on the mission of Jesus to the world. And the mission of Jesus to the world is to go and tell everyone that Jesus loved them, God created them, and that he sent his son to die for them, that they can have new life with him. That's our mission. That's what it means to be the church. And for a long time, long time, I heard it, and I grew up in church, and I thought I listened, but I didn't. I lived a life for me. I lived a life of gratifying only myself a life of rebelling my parents, a life where at 17 I found out I was going to be a dad based on my decisions. And into that I was scared and I was fearful and I didn't know what to do. But the, sec the, second, the second that I started to live my life for God like he called us to, it was like a light. It's like something changed. And that's, that is not by coincidence, that is by design. We were created to have a relationship with him. We were created by that way. And the funny thing about it, if you ever use a tool by its design-specific purpose, it just works. That's just the way. When you've lived two lives, when you use a tool the way it was designed to be used, things just work because that is the purpose of it. And that is what we are called to be. We are not called to live a life alone. We are called to live a life in community. And that's what we've been talking about as a church for the past couple of weeks to be a community, and a community does not happen on one hour on a Sunday. It happens daily, Monday to Sunday, about being devoted to God and having a relationship with him. And like that's what I talked about, about guarding our hearts. The best way that we can guard our heart is to fully give it to God daily, and that's what he wants us to do. And for the last minute, I just thought that this would be a good time to wrap up with these ama amazing, great speakers with us, just to be in prayer. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. We just thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you what they've instilled in us, God, to love you. God, we want to love you and love others. Those are our calling. That's what you gave us to do as our jobs. Our jobs is to love you, God, to be devoted to you, and to love your other children. And that's the thing about siblings, God. Siblings get on our nerves. They drive us crazy, God, but you have called us to put that aside and to love them, to love everyone, to love that coworker that drives us nuts, to, gr to drive that family member that we just can't stand, God. 
You have called us to love them as well because you have loved us. You have forgiven us for what we have done, and it is our job to forgive others for what they have done. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, church. Thank you for everything. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.